Well, good to be with you today, church. Let's just take a few moments and say thank you to God for his faithfulness, for his ever-present help in time of our need, for the grace and mercy of God that you woke up to fresh this morning. Hey, how good has God been to us? Amen? Hey, North Kansas City, can we welcome the plaza right now, those online, and the men of Lansing Correctional Facility. Come on, let's give love to our big family that's out there. It's good to be in God's house with you today. Everybody good? We good good? We not so good? Okay, we came to the right place. No matter where you're at on the spectrum of good, it's about ready to get better. Amen? Amen, amen. You guys can grab your seats. Thank you, worship team. Good to have you here. If you guys think you drove a long way to church, uh, Clarence drove from Tulsa, Oklahoma. They live down there now, but they just can't get enough of us. So they need to move back home. <laughs> Anyways, it's good to be with you. I'm excited for today. I think this message is going to help every single one of us. Because no matter how long you've been following Jesus, this message has opportunity for more growth. There's more that God wants to say to your life and your everyday life. Uh, we're in a series called New Skills for the Next Season. How many want to get to the next season? How many want to go and grow into everything that God has for you? But we got to grow in some things right now. When we get into God's Word, it's filled. I mean, the Bible, it's holy. It's set apart for God's purposes. This is a, we say here at Kingdom City, we're building people that bring heaven to earth. To bring heaven to earth, you're going to need heaven's help. That's the grace of God. That's the mercy of God. And in God's word is a revelation of how he works and, and his divine ways and divine plans and uh, the, his plan for all of creation, for all of eternity. There's some deep stuff in there, but there's also some daily disciplines and some things that will just develop and grow your life. Just a practical wisdom that we've been ending our summer digging into what are these new skills that we need to acquire or renew or develop so that when we get to what God opportunity has next for us, this next season can be everything that God desires it to be. And our key uh, verses from Ecclesiastes 10, verse 10. If the ax is dull and its edge unsharpened, if you ever feel dull in life, if you ever feel like you're just barely making it, no, it says you have to use more and more strength to accomplish the job. But with their skill, if you've got some skill, it's like an edge to your life that brings success. That brings success. If you want success in your marriage, you're going to have to work on your communication skills. If you want success in your finances, you might need to work on your saving skills. And if you want success in the significant calling of God on your life, you're going to need to grow in some of your spiritual skills. And God's word gives us the help that we need so that we can be the kind of people that bring heaven to earth. So what are we doing? We're going to get educated in God's ways to get our edge back. Why? So we can experience everything that he has planned for us next. If you don't like where you're at now, grow your skills. Get your edge back. You will love where God takes you next. What have we talked about the last few weeks? How many have enjoyed this series, by the way? There's four of us here, four of us up north. If you've enjoyed it, we've talked about get that clarity. Like what really matters in my life? In a chaotic world, how, how do I just simplify the most significant things? Last two weeks, we talked about the right voices in our life. Voices of negativity, voices that just bring doubt or despair or fear. We, we, we got to learn how to buffet out those voices. 
And then there's right voices as well. Who gets to sit at the, the boardroom of your life? Who gets to actually speak into your heart? We talk about that you need friends of your future. And we're gonna stay in Ecclesiastes today for just a moment. And chapter eight, and this is the, the king, Solomon. The Bible would say uh, he's the wisest man to ever live. And of course, we know that's apart from Jesus, but let's just call him the wisest man in the Old Testament. And he says, there is a right time and a right way to do everything. How many know that? That, that seems like a, an encouraging moment. It's about ready to get a little discouraging for a second. He says, but we know so little. None of us knows what is going to happen, and there is no one to tell us. Well, I wanna do the right thing, and I wanna do it the right way, and I wanna do it at the right time, but according to Solomon, there's no real way of knowing. None of us will know what will happen. And if that was true for Solomon, who's the wisest man of the Old Testament, how much more do we feel like we're behind in knowing what's gonna happen next? I think all of us the last couple of years, we've experienced that no one really knows what they're talking about. No one really has a clue on both sides of the political aisle, in all of humanity, what's really happening. It's a crazy, chaotic season, but there is one that knows. There's one that knows. There's in fact one that knows from the beginning of creation till the end trumpet sound of humanity on the earth to all of eternity. We all know God knows. God knows. Well, how can I really know what God thinks? How can I really know what, what, what God has in store? I mean, the prophet Isaiah in chapter 55, he says, my, my, my ways, God says, are not your ways. They're as high as the heavens are above the earth. I, I just don't think like you think. Yeah, God, God might know, but how am I going to know? Well, the Apostle Paul gives us a revelation that we can put into application starting today. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? And who can know enough to teach him? And none of us are going to be teaching God. But he says, but we can understand these things. For we have the mind of Christ. Apostle Paul says there's a revelation in this New, new Testament, New Covenant reality that we now live in. That we can think like Jesus thinks. We can hear God's voice like Jesus heard. We can perceive the pathway of promise of God for our future just like Jesus did. So today our new skill is the skill of discernment. How many want to grow in your discernment? I call it making decisions by God design. God has a way for you to make right choices to lead you to right places because you do not have to live by trial and error anymore. You don't have to make educated guesses in life. You have a divine educator that can help you make divine decisions. Can we pray? Come on, everyone, plaza online. Let's all pray together. Father God, we thank you for our church family, what you've been doing, what you're doing right now, how you're growing us, how you're leading us. And we invite the leadership of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, to lead us into truth, into wisdom, not just deep mysteries in the word, but daily applications of your ways. 
God, I thank you we would not just be hearers of your word, we would be doers. And as we begin to apply it to our lives by the grace that you give us, you would grow us into the people you've called us to become. I speak over the people of Kingdom City Church, whether they've been here 10 years or a few weekends or they're brand new today, that they would walk more in the plan of heaven. They would experience more of the grace of God. They would grow in wisdom and that they would have the mind of Christ. I pray discernment over us in our daily choices and big God decisions in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Discernment. We all need it. Early morning, December 7th, 1941. Two soldiers were, were uh, stationed at a small radar place in, in the Pacific Ocean. Suddenly, out of nowhere, the radar lit up. A couple dozen turned into a few hundred dots on the radar, and they notified their young supervisor, a lieutenant, that there seemed to be a situation. Now, this lieutenant was young, he was unproven, he was untrained, and his name was Kermit. How many know this guy had a lot of things working against him? He was probably sitting in the corner sipping his Lipton tea, and Kermit decided, hey, this is no big deal. There's probably just more flights happening over the Pacific right now. And he made an an infamous critical mistake and said, this is nothing to worry about. 20 minutes later, the attack on Pearl Harbor began. Massive casualties, destruction to the Pacific fleet. Now, they would not be able to stop the attack, but they could have had the time to prepare. They were warned enough with enough time to prepare to fight back, to save people, to be prepared. And I wonder how many times we have dismissed the warning device on the inside of us that just, man, that doesn't feel quite right. I know this is the way I've done it before, but this seems a little bit different. I know the way, this is the way I've closed this business deal before, but something doesn't quite seem right. I I know I've been in this situation, but this relationship just feels like something is off. I wonder how many times we've dismissed the divine warning device that God has presented on the inside of us. And I believe that God is always trying to put things on your radar, not just attacks, but opportunities. When there could be a God opportunity and we perceive it might be there, but we don't take the time or intentionality or divine investigation for him to reveal how do we walk it out. This is the gift of discernment because largely who we are is shaped by the decisions that we make. I'm a believer today, a a husband, a father, a a pastor, a person, uh, by the grace of God, but also by the decisions that I made in my yesterday. We say here at Kingdom City Church that destiny is a daily decision. And discernment is a daily decision. It's not just when you need a big answer from God. You're actually going to be more prepared to walk down the crossroads of calling in big moments when you start developing this edge of daily discernment. Because discernment truly determines destiny. And you never know what little decision or big decision might open up great opportunity. You never know what decision you might make might be a history-making decision in your life. It's estimated that adults, we make 35,000 decisions every single day. I mean, that's a lot of decisions to make. You made a couple decisions today. You decided to come to church. You decided what you're going to wear. I want to tell you right now, great decision, and you look fantastic. 
Like we make small decisions, mundane decisions, but every once in a while, we make big decisions. What small decision might become a big opportunity or might be safeguarding us from a struggle or a season of pain, we don't always know. But God has given us this Holy Spirit radar on the inside of our hearts. That when just something doesn't feel right, we don't just go along with the motions. We learn to perceive and discern what is God's will and what is God's way in this particular situation. Solomon says there's a right time and a right way to do everything, but we just don't know and don't have anyone to tell us what's going to happen. And I said before, but I'll say it again, this is no longer true for your life. You are not here for everyone just to give you their opinion. You can have divine discernment. Because Jesus says in John 16, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. It does not have to be a mystery in your life. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. He said he will not speak to you on his own, but he will tell you what he's heard from God himself. He will tell you about what is to come. Jesus says we have a radar of the Holy Spirit to discern not only what God is wanting to say, but to remind us what God has already said. Discernment, I believe, is a gift of the Holy Spirit. You received God, the, the gift of Jesus, by the Holy Spirit pressing on your heart. Now, I personally believe there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit when you're all in for all the presence of God in your life. And we get these spiritual gifts. But I believe for every single one of us as believers that you might not be given this specific gift of discernment like from God in a moment, but it's not just something you are given, it's something that you can grow. It's something that you grow. You might ask yourself, well, what's the most important gift of the Holy Spirit? Uh, you might say, okay, it's spiritual language. Like to be able to pray in the tongue of angels. In fact, the Apostle Paul says, I wish you would pray like I pray. That's something that we desire. Pentecostals would all say, yeah, that's the best one. And people that didn't grow up like would, like, would say, that's the weird one. Maybe it's the gift of prophecy. To be able to proclaim what God wants to do. God direction, God intention, God plan. Apostle Paul would say, yeah, every single one of you should de desire prophecy in your life as it pertains to building up the church, not making you the hero, but helping other people. But you know what the greatest gift of the Holy Spirit is? It's the one that you need in the moment. It's that gift of wisdom. It's that gift of discernment. It's the gift of being able to perceive what is next. Sometimes that gift of the Holy Spirit is a gift of peace. It's the gift of help. It's that divine protection. And we have this ability not just to receive this gift, but to grow this gift. Discernment is a gift you can grow, and every single one of you as believers, whether you've been following him for decades or you're brand new to the faith, today's the day where you can start growing your discernment. The psalmist in Psalms 119 says, teach me, speaking to God, teach me, God, good discernment and knowledge. Not just information, but teach me how to work that information into my life. Teach me divine information about my relationships, about my career, about my situation, even about myself. Help me discern the right move for my life. And I want to declare this over you today, that today is the end of a season of making decisions in the dark. 
Don't make decisions in the dark. You have the illumination of God's word and you've got the, the light of the Holy Spirit to highlight right decisions in your life. Again, the psalmist in Psalms 119 says, I gain understanding from your precepts. Precepts is a fancy word for you. God, your teaching. God, I need your, your way of thinking. It says, therefore, I, I hate the wrong path because I know the right path. And your word is a lamp for my feet and it is a light unto my path. I think every one of us should have big dreams, big God goals for our marriage and for our children, for our, our careers, for our city, for our church. We should have big goals. And sometimes we can see that big goal, but we don't know how to get to that place. Well, the Bible says that word of God is like this discerning light that shows you the next step to take. You might not know how to get there, but your God does. And what he wants you to do is start walking in the word the way that illuminates your path, that you're no longer stumbling around in the darkness. That might have been how your father did it, how your grandfather did it, but you're going to have illumination on your path for the purpose of heaven for your life because you're going to learn to discern what the will of God is for you right now. And the more you let the light shine, the more you can be confident in your next God step. I said before, precept, it means teaching. I'm getting God's teaching. Jesus says in John 14 that there's also another helper, this teacher of the Holy Spirit. He says the Father calls him, he's going to send what he calls the advocate. How many love that means that the Holy Spirit is for you? Like he's for me. Like even when you get corrected by something you shouldn't have said or done, you get that, that gut check in your heart. If you haven't had that in a while, you need that in your life. But that's not to condemn you. That correction is to direct you. It's actually to develop you. And so we have, that's because the Holy Spirit is for you. He's an advocate for your life. It says, when the Father sends the advocate, he represents me in your life. That is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. So what we have here is we have a textbook in the Word and we have a teacher the Holy Spirit. So we have what we're learning and who is helping us learn. We don't just read the textbook. If you had a good professor or, or a good teacher or a lecturer in your life, they did not just read the textbook. Some of you never read your textbook and you should have done that. You would have done better on the test. But a teacher, a good teacher, he or she helps bring it to life. They, they, they work in stories and application. They add color to the language. It's not just black and white. And our word of God is, is alive and vibrant, but the Holy Spirit speaks through the word, but he also speaks through the whisper. He also speaks to your heart. And so we have these two, if you will, uh, uh, both the textbook and the teacher to show us the direction that our creator has intended for us to follow. And to get on that path, you need discernment. It comes from the word of God and it comes from the spirit of God. And they always work together. The Holy Spirit can take the black and white text of the Bible and bring it into HD, 4K, 3D, augmented reality in your life. He becomes the one that shows you how to actually live what you are learning. Because you can have education in the word and not application of wisdom. The spirit gives you discernment of actually how to apply what God's word says in real time. Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1 and 3, 
In both chapters, he says, what the world calls wisdom, God says is foolish. Yeah, that might be right for everyone else, but that's not the way of the kingdom of God. You can have the highest education and still not make a significant difference in the world around you. You need wisdom, and wisdom comes through this gift of discernment. Don't make any more decisions in the dark. If you're coming on a big decision, making a big decision, you're at a crossroads, you gotta first and foremost, what does the word of God say about this? And then you actually begin to perceive and pray into, how do I actually apply this truth? Holy Spirit, how do you lead and guide me into truth for my life? And let me just say this, if you're making decisions in the shadows, if you're making your plans in hiding, if you're making decisions in the shadows, you will never have the overshadowing of God on your life. When you live by the word and you invite the voice of God into your daily decisions and big decisions, you put yourself under the presence of God. It says in Psalms 91 that those that live, this is how we live. This is how we live. We live in the shelter of the Most High. We find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. He alone is my refuge. He's my safety. He's my protection. He's my help. He is my God, and I trust him. I trust him with small decisions. I trust him with large decisions. I'm learning from the text, and I'm learning from the teacher. He will rescue me from every trap and protect me from every deadly disease. He will cover you in his wings. I'm living underneath his shadow. I'm not making decisions in the dark. I'm getting out of the shadows of my life. Some of you, because no one ever taught you the ways of God. No one ever walked with you in growing your faith. Maybe you're new to faith, or maybe you just never dug deep into the Word. Never, you never invited the teacher, the advocate, the helper, the Holy Spirit to be a part of your daily life. You're still making decisions in the dark. And you might be able to feel your way around like any one of us have in the middle of the night, but every once in a while, some of your kids have moved some of the furniture and you're stumbling in the dark, and you've got marks on your shin and stubs on your toe to remind you. And some of you, that's the way that you live your decision-making life. I'm just kind of going to feel my way through it. How many know you don't move quickly and you don't move safely when you're walking around in darkness? But God has given us a lamp unto our feet, and he's given this divine inspiration of the Holy Spirit so that we can have a discernment to take us into destiny. You begin to ask, like, God, is this the right move? Normally we make a move, and then I say, God, would you bless the move that I just make? Normally we make a choice. It says, God, would you help me out of this bad choice that I just make? But discernment brings God into the conversation before the decision has been made. Because you can build a beautiful house and fill it with all sorts of luxury and refinement, but there's just some things that you need to keep the house safe and secure. You need a deadbolt on that. I don't care what neighborhood you live in. You better deadbolt that door. You need a, to ground all the electrical in your house. Are you going to have some problems in the long run? And you need a smoke alarm in that place as well. These small little things that keep safety in the place where you live. A couple weeks ago, two weeks ago actually, uh, I was reheating an apple pie. Notice I did not say baking. I am not a baker. We purchased this pie and it was delicious. And I was reheating it. And as I was reheating it in the oven, um, I didn't really follow the steps that I should have followed. I was made aware of that by the other voice of discernment in my life, Liz. 
and some of the gooey apple filling fell down into the oven. And being the guy that I am, I just took the pie out. We ate it and we enjoyed it. I forgot about the filling at the bottom of the oven. Well, the next day, Liz turns on the oven to bake something because she's much more of a baker than I am. Probably actually to reheat something as well. <laughs> and all of a sudden, we begin to hear beep, 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 beep. And our house was on fire. Not really. It was just a smoke alarm. It's just a small thing. But how many know when the house is really on fire? You're gonna want that alarm to work. In the same way, the Holy Spirit's like a radar. He's also like an alarm. Because more often than not, where there's smoke, there's going to be fire. And if you never get a check that this is not quite right, if you never get a little warning that this isn't the way you're supposed to do this deal, this isn't the way you're supposed to respond in this relationship, this isn't the text you're supposed to send back, if you never get that beep warning, God is trying to safeguard your marriage, safeguard your career, safeguard your home from real fire and from real danger. The Holy Spirit works like a warning mechanism to keep you from burning down your life. Let me just say this, in marriage, in relationship, husbands and wives, if you don't have peace together, don't proceed. I know you're passionate about that. I know you've got it all figured out. I know you've been thinking about it for a while, but if your spouse says, let me think about it. That's a beep, beep, beep of the alarm. Because it's not that they have all the answers, and they might not see it even fully the right way. It's that God blesses unity. And then we get into agreement, there's actually something that God can pour out his favor on. They might not see it perfectly, but God blesses unity. Make decisions in unity. Take the time to talk it out, to pray it out. Push pause on that thing until you have peace. Don't make the move. I can tell you 99 times out of 100 when I've pushed forward in my ego to make a decision without listening to Liz's encouragement, advice, or per, her, 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 her perception of the situation, I've made a wrong move. I made a wrong move. And even if it was a right move, what do I want to make decisions? As you see, I told you this would work. I mean, that's some of the way you guys operate in your marriage. That's not the plan of God for your life. The plan of your life, your wife, your husband, is not the Holy Spirit, but God will use them as a voice that produces unity. Listen, your marriage, your relationship will only move forward at the level of unity that you allow in your decision making. So what do we do? We shine the light. We get discernment in that place. The definition of discernment is to perceive or recognize something that's greater than your normal senses. You remember the movie Sixth Sense? Little Haley Joel Osment could see dead people. It was a little weird and creepy, and, but he could see something that, that no one else could see. Same way as a believer, we don't see dead people, but there is a spirit. We hear a voice of the Holy Spirit. And he's not the one that brings death or destruction. He's the one that brings life in abundance. He's the one that produces blessing and favor because he's your advocate. He's actually for the plan of heaven for your life. And you get the sixth sense of discernment in your spirit, in your heart. And you learn to listen to that voice. And you can get that edge back today. It will lead you into everything that God has designed for your future and for your destiny. So we shine the light. We shine the light with the word of God. We shine the light with the whisper of the Holy Spirit. In fact, I want to challenge us. Some of you are not in the Bible or you're reading through a Bible plan just to complete it. 
we're gonna shine the light this week. So you thought it was summer still, but I'm giving you some summer school. We're gonna take four chapters a day of Proverbs and we're gonna read them every single day. In fact, we're starting today. Oh, you like a Monday start, I'm raising Andy. Because if you put it off to Monday, he ain't even gonna do it. Like this is for every one of us today. You can read with a friend, that's great, but I'd rather you read alone. Because you don't need the friend's voice, you need the friend, the advocate, the Holy Spirit's voice. You need the helper of heaven to help you. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna read what wisdom looks like. We're gonna read what wisdom sounds like. We've actually been doing this with our kids. We've been daily taking them through a proverb and talking about it. Now, just our big kids. And we've skipped over a few parts of chapter three with the adulterous woman, because at 10 and eight, they ain't quite ready for that. But let me tell you, some of you at 18 and 28, you are very ready for that passage. And so as we've been walking it out, we're gonna do this together as a church family, but this is how it's gonna work. We're not just gonna read, oh, I got my four chapters done. We're gonna start with prayer. And we're gonna say, Holy Spirit, turn the lights on. Where do I need to grow? Where do you wanna check me? I'm not gonna get a word from my spouse or from my friend to correct them. God, I'm inviting the teacher to come and adjust my perspective today. And then we're gonna read it. And if something pops out to you, you highlight it, you write it down, you pray about it. How do I put this into action, God? Show me how to walk this out. And we're gonna pray at the end. And what do we do every time we do that? This week, we're turning the lights on. We're not making decisions in the dark anymore. We're gonna know what God's word expects from us and we're gonna invite God's spirit to help us apply it. And as the, the, our inner world gets illuminated, guess what, you start to see clearly in your outer world. You start clearly seeing what career decisions are for you, what opportunities are of God or ones that just are kinda good. How many are tired of kinda good and you want God? What I want for our church is more of God, more of divine help, more of divine protection, more of divine promotion, and we're gonna get there through this gift of discernment. We shine the light. A wise person does the right thing at the right time. As we're in the word, what are we doing? We're praying. And you've got to pray before you proceed. Like, you've got to pray. And do not take a step until you're, until you're settled. By settled, I don't mean that there isn't any risk. It doesn't mean that there isn't any cost. In fact, most of the things of God have a cost. It's called sacrifice. Most of the things of God have a cost. It's called patience. It's called cheerful endurance. Most of the things of God have a price tag attached. You can know it's something worthy of your time if it's something costly in your life. But we're praying. We're praying before we proceed so that we're settled. Settled doesn't mean that everything's gonna be perfect. It means that you have a peace on the inside, even in the midst of a problem you might be trying to solve. The Bible says if you pray about everything instead of worrying, you'd have a peace that would surpass understanding. You'd be able to discern, oh, God's in this thing. This thing might be difficult, but I believe God's in this thing. And it would guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. In fact, that's how you get that mind of Christ, to know and choose the way Jesus would choose. And when you're talking to people about your decisions, about your dilemmas, about your crossroads, I would ask you to ask them for prayer more than opinions. Last week, we talked about the people that should be speaking into your life. But if they ain't praying for your life, they shouldn't be speaking into your life. In fact, I get people all the time that say, hey, Pastor Kyle, I'm dealing with this situation, I'm dealing with this problem, and, and I try my best not to just say, I'll pray for you. How many of you have ever said that to someone and then you see them next week at church and you're trying to hide because you know you didn't pray for them for one moment? 
It's a Christianese saying that you just riddled off in response. I'll be praying for you. You know what I try to do instead? I try to pray for them right then and there. And I just try to pray more than like God solved their problem. I'm like, God, show up in their life. Let them experience your voice. Instead of just being a life coach, I want to lead them to the one that actually knows the end goal of their life. I want them to know the voice of the Holy Spirit. So God, would you make your plan known to them instead of me just saying what I think the plan might be? So we're asking for prayer, not for opinions. Paul did this in Romans 15. Brothers and sisters, I beg you. The Apostle Paul is begging for help. How many know we should as well? Help me in my work by praying to God for me. If you're in a big decision moment, do I stay in the relationship? Do I take the job? What, what, what do I do next? Do I make the move? If you're in a big decision moment, I'd write it down. I'd recruit two or three people who are mature in their faith, people that are like you want to be like. And I would ask them, not every question and every angle from their perception, I would ask them to simply pray for me. Ask them to do it every day. Pray for them as they're praying for you. Because what we're doing is we're shifting our mentality from just knowledge into divine wisdom. From just uh, thinking our way through or feeling our way through the dark to inviting the light of heaven to illuminate the path before us through discernment. Let me just speak to, this is really for young and old. Ask for advice from people that are where you want to be. Not in the echo chamber of your peers but in a relationship with mature believers. Because like, it's better to have counsel from people of character. That, that's beautiful. But what's better than that is finding the voice of God for yourself. Uh, this is mature believer 101. That you don't have to live like hand to mouth from someone else's perspective. Yes, people are there to sharpen you, encourage you, and help you. We talked about that last week. But this week, I'm telling you, there's a greater helper for your life. It's the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't have to be weird. It's not of this world. It's divine. It's from heaven. It's better than this world. And so it doesn't make sense on the human way of seeing things. But how many want this world's results? I don't want this world's marriage. I don't want this world's career. I don't want this, this world called success. I want kingdom. And to get to kingdom calling, you need a keen ear to hear what heaven is saying for yourself. In 1 Kings 19, there's an incredible story. Elijah, who was definitely hearing from God. He'd heard from God before. He'd proclaimed from God. to, to uh, He stood up to the queen and king. He, he, he was a man of God, and yet he needed to hear clear again. And, and it says that, God says, go stand in the presence of the Lord in 1 Kings 19. In the presence of the Lord, outside your cave on the mountain. First, it says a violent windstorm came up that blasted the mountain. And God just puts on display these, these dramatic natural signs. But it says the Lord was not in the wind. Next, a powerful earthquake shook everything on the mountain. But it says the Lord was not in the earthquake. Next, it was a scorching fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. But then God speaks. And it came as a soft whisper. It was the voice of God. It's as if every natural sense got shaken or disturbed or upset. And Elijah stayed there in that high place on the mountain until he heard the whisper of heaven. And maybe your world has been on fire. And maybe the winds have been coming against you. 
and maybe the shaking of these last few years have got you at a place where you're teetering on the brink. But it's in that place where you will begin to hear the voice that changes everything that God is wanting to speak. And it says that he speaks in a small voice because God likes to whisper because he likes to whisper because in order for you to hear a whisper, you have to be close. And maybe everything you put your trust in yesterday, God has allowed it to be shaken, set on fire, and the winds of resistance blown against it because he's trying to reveal to you something that's better than this world. And that is his voice. Isaiah 30 says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. This is the way. That sounds like the Mandalorian, doesn't it? This is the way. Walk in it. We're making decisions by God design. We're getting discernment. I have a thought here for you. Is that we who like things as quickly as possible Try to hurry God. Good luck. It doesn't work that way. In fact, I wrote it this way. Don't hurry the helper. You wouldn't want someone helping you and you're trying to rush them. If they're the expert, if they know what they're doing, why are you trying to get them to do it on your timetable? If he's the expert of your destiny, of your calling, of your marriage, of your career, of the raising of your kids, of the future that he has for you, why would you try to rush the expert? Don't hurry the helper. Delay the decision until you have this discernment in your heart. Because a good decision is always better than a fast one. And a God decision is always better on his timeline. Romans 3.28, our lives get in step with God and all others. So it's our personal life and it's our relational life. By letting him set the pace. Not by proudly or anxiously trying to run our own parade. Take the time to get the right decision the first time. Psalms 31, I am trusting you alone. My times, it says, are in your hand. Not just the time of my life. It's really saying my seasons are secure in you. Well, I'm in a season of singleness, you might say. It's in God's hand. I'm in a single of a season of, of marriage. Put it in God's hands. I'm in a season of raising young kids. Put it in God's hands. I'm in a season of career stretch and new job opportunities. Put it in his hands. I'm in a season where I'm still searching for significance. Put it in his hands. And you will long, often take a lot longer than you're comfortable with. But comfort and calling have never really walked hand in hand. But let me say about you, Kingdom City Church, you're gonna start walking with the hand of help. You're gonna start walking with the hope of heaven. You're gonna start walking with the advocate. You're gonna start walking with the Holy Spirit. You're gonna start walking in discernment. Maybe you don't have much education, you can still have discernment. And when you have discernment, you have all of God's design for decision-making on the inside of you. Since we live by the Spirit, Paul writes, Galatians 5, let's keep in step with the Spirit. In other words, this isn't a one-time thing. Some of you fast and pray over one big decision. No, this is a lifestyle thing that I'm learning to pick up on the radar. I'm learning to pick on the alarm. I'm learning to pick up on the lamp that is illuminating the path. I'm learning to walk in step with the one who's ordered my life. Final thought is this. This is the truth that the humble just hear more. If you're walking in humility, you will hear more. How do I know if you're walking in humility? Do you serve other people? Do you live your life to serve? Is your marriage about you adding value to your spouse or is it about what you get out? 
Is your career just about you making something of yourself? Is it about you honoring the kingdom of God and, and putting God first in everything that you do? And when you walk in humility, you're going to hear more. The Bible says he gives grace to the humble. Divine help in your life. To even cover over your mistakes, to cover over your bad decisions of yesterday, grace is yours when you walk in humility. First Peter 5, humble yourself. Life will humble you real quick. People will humble you. Just God will humble you. But if you humble yourself, oh, if I humble myself, but it's not all about me. It's about Christ in me, the hope for humanity coming out. If I humble myself in my marriage, if I humble myself in raising my kids, if I humble myself in my career, I'm putting myself under God's divine hand. And if you want the hand of help, you want the hand of protection as well. And it says, in due time, he will raise you up. Well, I feel overlooked in life. I feel overlooked in my career. I feel overlooked in my calling. Humble yourself, stay under his hand, because due time with God is always right on time with God's best. He will raise you up. If you don't have a place to serve others, be at church. Go to the next steps today. Get plugged in. But take your everyday life, even like we looked at at the, the offering passage today, your ordinary life, and give it to God to help serve other people around you. Because when you're humble, you will hear more. I love that God takes Elijah out of his cave to speak to him. Some of you have been living in isolation, but he takes him out of the cave, but he's still up on the mountain. He's in a high place, hungry for God's voice, needing to know what's next, needing discernment in his life. I promise you, you won't hear your high calling with low living. There's an area of your life that the Holy Spirit is sounding the radar or the smoke alarm right now. This needs to change in your life. Be willing and humble enough to confess it to God, to get help in community. Don't go back to low-level living. Stay up in that high place of calling because if you stay in that place, you're gonna hear the voice that changes everything in your life. So do what you know to do right now. That's humility. That's obedience. And then you'll know the right thing to do next. What's the last thing God told you to do? I don't think God keeps giving you option B, option C, option D. He's already told you option A, the thing you need to do. And that's obedience. That's a hallmark of humility, is I'm willing to obey the last thing God told me. I don't know what it is for you, but I promise you, you take a moment to perceive it, God will explain to you exactly what it is in your life. If you do the God thing you know to do now, you'll experience God's best and the right thing to do next. God wants to direct your steps. God wants to give you a radar. Not having to live by your own thoughts or feelings or emotions, not stumbling in the dark. God wants to bless the unity of your relationships. God wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit. On the plaza up north, can you stand to your feet? I wanna pray for you. Did you get anything out of today? Do you hunger for discernment? I'm, I am so hungry for God's help. I'll just tell you a quick story while you're standing. This year I had to make one of the biggest decisions I've ever made in all of our church's history. And I, I knew it for months that something needed to change. And I talked to Liz and I got, I got counsel and we prayed and we got in unity about it. And, and we, we, we fasted, we prayed, we prayed and we prayed and months 
And I just knew, okay, God, I, I need you to show me how to do this. And slowly, surely, to just, I'd be able to discern the path to take. And man, it was a path of humility. I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back. I'm just saying that to encourage you. I felt like I had to go low in humility. And from that place, I knew the right time in the moment. God literally said, now's the time. And I did the thing that we needed to do. And if you've been in our church at all, you can probably know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's amazing because when I first felt that radar, I first got that, that smoke alarm, I followed out his plan. And it's amazing to me the divine timing of heaven because a week before, it would have stirred up all sorts of problems. A week or two later, it would have caused a whole lot of confusion. But God knows what he's doing with our church. And God knows what he's doing with your life. And God knows what he's doing with your relationships. And God knows what he's doing with your career. And he's getting you in this place that might feel like a holding pattern. But that's because he's holding you. And he's holding and protecting you for the purpose of heaven on your life. You need the Holy Spirit. It is not a mystery. It is your helpmate. It is your encourager. He is your advocate. He is the voice of heaven in your life to bring the best of heaven through your life. Let me pray for you. Father God, I want to pray to Kingdom City Church, even our guests today, that those that are called here, that those that are planted here are connected to your voice. We are not making decisions walking in the dark anymore. We hear the voice of the advocate, Holy Spirit, speak to us. And being filled with the Spirit doesn't make us better than anyone else. It makes us the best that we could ever be because it's your divine help and remedy on the inside of us. So God, I pray a filling of the Holy Spirit to mature believers, to new believers, to, to kingdom kids, to everyone in this family of faith. More Holy Spirit, more of your word. Let the textbook and the teacher get our lives in alignment so that we can walk in destiny and purpose like never before. Right now, we're tuning into the frequency of heaven. That's our edge. We're getting our edge of hearing. We're getting our radar back. We're getting your help and it's illuminating our path. And because we have this edge, there's significance and success in the season to come. God, we'll humble ourselves now so we can be exalted with you in our tomorrow. God, would you show off in this church family that we're going to have a wisdom and discernment that no one else has ever had before for our life, for our future, and for our calling. Holy Spirit, fill them full. Let your voice be the most resounding noise, resounding sound in their inside world. And God, as their inside world gets illuminated with your voice, their outside world is filled with victory, purpose, and the best of God in Jesus' mighty name. If you receive that today, church, if you believe that in your heart, come on, let's give them a moment of praise.